Welcome back to week four of the Kawhi and Friends podcast, featured on the Omni Sports Network. This week, our sponsor is Shane. That's right, Shane. The strong feeling I have because my team freaking sucks. But before we get into fantasy basketball and why I hate my life, let's talk about basketball itself. Starting off with my top three stories of the week. Giddy has to find somebody, finds Holmgren, the turnaround shot to tie it, and John Holmgren with the three and the buzzer ties it at 117. That's right, the Thunder won a nail-biter against the Warriors and kind of on everyone's feed and radar is, are the Thunder actually really good? Are they really scary? And I think we saw moments of this last year where uh, towards the end they look like they're heating up. They have a lot of really good players. And Chai, oh, he is legit. He is so good. Uh, and he's just been under the radar. And I think he's been good for a long time. And I think he's going to be great for a long time. Which leads me to my second story of the week. Another player I think is going a little under the radar who shouldn't be. Darren, our team just kept saying it looks so easy for you. How would you describe how this game came to you throughout, especially as you kept making winning plays down the stretch? Uh, well, nothing's easy in this league. Uh, no matter who you play against in this league, you got to bring your A game or you'll get blown out like we did in the first quarter. Uh, but our bench is able to bring us back. But uh, for me, I mean, I continue to work on my game. I'm very confident in myself and my teammates are confident in me. So That's right. De'Aaron Fox is playing dare I say it, like an MVP. And last year I had him for a bit on my team until I traded him away, and I uh, I regretted that. So Jesse, if you're listening, I do regret giving you De'Aaron Fox because he's he's amazing, and I'm, I, I knew it, but I d- didn't know it well enough. And he, he looks like an MVP. He's the engine that keeps the Sacramento Kings going. Which brings me to the top story of the week. And so we're scoreless. We'll stay 0-0 the first two minutes. And then, look, look at Clay Thompson and McDaniels, what is going on with that? Wow. You've got a full-on fracas going on. Draymond came in to defend Clay. This, this got out of hand very quickly. Okay. That's right. There was a huge brawl in the Timberwolves and Warriors game. It started off with Clay and Jaden McDaniels going at it and pulling each other. And then that turned into Draymond choking Gobert and... Led to Draymond getting a five-game suspension, and whew! Now, a lot of the talking heads on ESPN and all these other things were saying that what Draymond didn't do, what Draymond did was not that bad, and um, I'm here to say I completely disagree with it. Now, there was no need to choke a man for, like, nine seconds, and they actually timed it, and, like, they recorded this. His coaches were trying to get Draymond off, and, you know, I'm... I'm all for Draymond being the uh, the instigator, but it, it, it's been this whole season, and he's kind of was asking for a suspension, and I personally was kind of hoping it's longer because I feel like the last year and a half he's really, it's kind of really gone off the deep end, and I think those in the media are scared to criticize Draymond just because he's part of the media in some ways. He's you know helps host with. Uh, TNT and things like that so I think the media isn't calling out Draymond like they should be but this is not what 
basketball fans want to see. We don't want to see a man choke another man on a court for nine seconds. Like, I get it. A lot of people don't like Rudy Gobert. We want to find our reasons to hate him. But, like, that doesn't justify this man being choked out. Like, if you look at it and watch the video, Rudy's like, what the hell, bro? What are you doing? As the coaches are trying to pull Draymond off of him. So, um, you know, I thought when Jordan Poole was traded, Draymond would kind of settle down. But if anything, he's gotten worse. And... You know, my kind of related to this is I'm I'm officially alarm going off, alarm going off, worried about the the Warriors. A couple years ago, we were worried about them, but this feels a little worse. You know, Steph is playing good, but he's hurt, and that's really all they have right now. Clay doesn't look like himself. Draymond is trying his best not to play basketball, but let's get into some happier moments of the week. Starting with this assist by DeMar DeRozan. Kobe behind the back with the lunge to the rim. Vucevic to tap. Levine the loose ball. Beautiful feed to Vuce. It's blocked by Lopez. DeRozan gets it back. Spins. Passes. White. Three. Goal! If you have a chance to watch this play, I think it might be the assist of the year. What happened was DeMar, just in the middle of the paint while running towards the basket, jumps up and does a basically a 360 no-scope to the corner for the dagger three. It was really cool to watch, and the positional awareness of your body and where people on the court are just amazing. And this leads me to my stat line of the week, LeBron James, 39-year-old, 40, 50. I don't know how old he is, but he's a robot. And last night against the Rockets, he put up 37, 6, and 8, shooting 74, 40, and 78 splits against the Rockets. This man is playing his 21st year of professional basketball. This man is insane in absolutely the best way. And I more and more am becoming convinced that maybe secretly... He is a robot. Maybe he's not a human at all. And I think as this season continues on, he's just going to put himself further and further, you know, up the leaderboards when it comes to points to make that record un unreachable. People forget last year when he was going for the points record that he was looking really good. And then he got hurt. And then the rest of the year, he didn't look so good. But this LeBron, who generally is playing less minutes, though, Lakers, why did we give... Why did we give a ancient grandma of a man 40 minutes last night against the Rockets? What are we doing? And it, but, I mean, I get it. The Rockets look good, but better than we thought. But, oh, Lakers, we're winning, but whew, we're stressing me out. All right, we're going to talk about some trends that are going on in the NBA. Uh, right now, the Kings and Celtics both have a six-game winning streak. Uh doing the best in their respective conferences in terms of being the hottest team. But the third hottest team of all basketball is the Thunder with five wins in a row. Yes, the again, as we talked about earlier, the Thunder, they look legit. And in our sort of stopping trends of the week, congrats to the Clippers. They finally won a game with Harden. Um, and Harden looked pretty good that game. And, you know... I know it's fun to clown on the Clippers. I think they'll figure this out. I don't know if that means that they'll be, you know, winning an NBA championship, but I imagine they'll figure it out enough to get themselves a playoff spot. 
But again, the season, like Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriends, is young. And there's plenty of time for growth and change. And to dump that man, because he's toxic AF. But anyway, let's look at the current tournament standings for the first ever NBA in-season tournament. In East Group A, you got the Pacers leading the way with the 2-0 record. In East Group B, you have the Bucks and Heat, both 2-0, have yet to play each other. Likely the winner of that matchup will be the winner of the group. Then in East Group C, you have the Celtics, who are 2-0. In West Group A, we have the Lakers, who are 3-0, and the Jazz, who are 2-1. They're playing each other soon, and the winner of that game will likely be the winner. Um, but there's a chance the Lakers could still lose that game and still clinch a spot in the tournament. Then we got West Group C, which both has the Kings and Timberwolves, both 2-0. Both teams playing great, um, and they haven't played each other yet. But I saved for last what I think is maybe the most fun scenario. We have West Group B that has the Pelicans, Nuggets, Rockers, Rockers, Rockets, Mavericks, and Clippers. And there is a realistic chance, in my humble opinion, that all five of these teams end up 2-2 two and two in the bracket. And it will come down to point differential. And as a fan of Team Chaos, pretty much I root for whatever outcome in a basketball game uh, that helps the Lakers, hurts the Celtics, or adds to chaos. If it falls into one of those three categories, there's a good chance I'm rooting for it. And all five teams being tied 2-2 is exactly the kind of chaos I look forward to on a weekly basis. Looking over to the East, we have in third place right now, we have the Bucks. In second, we have the Sixers. And in first, we have the Celtics. Again, the East is so far kind of looking how I thought it might look this year um, er early on. And looking at the West, the third seed right now is the Nuggets after losing a couple of games. I'm not too worried about the Nuggets. They Honestly, the Nuggets are so good, they can decide when they want to try. Most teams are not that good, but the Nuggets are. We saw this a bit last year. If you remember going into the playoffs, everyone was like, oh no, the Nuggets are on a losing streak. And it's like the Nuggets could have lost like 15 games in a row and still been the first seed. So I don't blame them for not trying too hard um, or as hard as they could. And in second, you have the Thunder who are rocketing up the standings ladder. And, you know, I don't know if the Thunder ended up second, you know, at the end of the, at the season, but... I really think they could be a top four team. I think they're young. And I think when your team is young, that really works for an 82-game regular season schedule. You know, I look to other, like, really good teams like the Suns and the Lakers. And the Suns and Lakers, they got some older guys who are probably going to take some days off. And that will lead to losing some games, which can affect the standings. And I think we saw last year more than ever sort of a proof of concept that it's okay to be a lower seed, right, with the Heat's with the Heat being an A seed and the Lakers being a seven seed going as far as they did. Um, I think it really, I think a lot of teams are not as worried as they once were about getting the first seed. But your first seed in the West right now are the Timberwolves, who, again, I, I still think that they look really good. The Timberwolves are a really good defensive team, and in an NBA world where there's a lot of offensive focus, I think that can really stand out, especially if you're an offensive player and you're not used to being played hard, and all of a sudden you got this Timberwolves team that is massive in terms of height. I think it makes things really challenging for these players to adjust to because they're probably used to teams that aren't playing good defense. But enough about basketball teams in general. 
let's look to specific players. So I haven't done this before, but I'm going to look at the nine categories our league focuses on and tell you which player was specifically the best last week in that particular field. And hopefully this will identify some trends and you'll be able to see some, some of the good, some of the bad, and mostly good. And then I will talk about the, my top three rankings from last week from our fantasy league and our top three teams overall. But in category leagues, first looking at points, you have Joel Embiid who had 160 points. He's on Scott's team. One thing I want to note that these weekly stats I'm looking at don't take into account how many games the player did. So there's a chance that someone could have been better per game, but not better overall. But the reality of category leagues is we are playing a weekly thing. So, you know, you can't fault players for not having a good schedule. But whether or not they have a good schedule still affects the way our fantasy works. In turnovers, unfortunately, we're going to be looking at the worst, which was Shade and Sharp of uh, Portland. And he's on Geraldine's team. Geraldine, you might need to put Sharp on a timeout. In terms of blocks, the best was your boy, Anthony Davis, AD, on Jesse's team with 19 blocks this week. I really think AD wants to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think that's a goal of his, and he's playing like it. And, you know, I think there's going to be a narrative that will build up around him, presuming he doesn't get too many injuries this year, and I think he's on track to, to get that. I feel like for a lot of these awards, there's narratives around them, and the sooner they start, the harder they are to get off of. Next up for steals, we actually had a tie with Shy, uh, who's on Zach's team, and Cam Reddish, who was a free agent until I added him upon seeing this. They both had 14 steals this last week. Best in assists and rebounds both go to your boy Nikola Jokic. Yeah, that's right. Jokic with 45 assists and 63 rebounds. I mean, this is why Jokic is going to be, you know, the number one pick probably the next couple years in fantasy uh, unless Wemby, you know, uh, really steps it up, which I totally believe he can. But there's a reason why Jokic is just, he's so good as a basketball player. And sometimes when you're good as a basketball player, it doesn't translate to fantasy. But for him, oh, oh, oh goodness, it, it, it does. He is a beast. Next up at three points made, we have a tie with Jalen Brunson on Jesse's team and Tyrese Maxey on Fossey's team. Both had 21 threes. I would like to note that last year I had both of these players because I'm able to see talent in the future, but unfortunately I'm not good at seeing talent in the moment. So everyone look at my team this year because they're going to be so good next year, but they're going to break my heart this year like they are. Next, we have in free throws, um, I'm going to be looking at two different people. I want to highlight Kevin Durant, who is 27 for 27 this week in free throws. That is bonkers. And Kevin had been, you know, having kind of a not as good free throw season up until this week. And I think he's back on his BS of being really freaking good at basketball. But I also want to highlight Joel Embiid, who had 56 free throws and made 53 of them at almost 95%. That's just that's just bonkers. Like we're talking about a big man almost hitting uh like hitting a what would be, you know, the best season of all time if he were to do this for a full week. 
uh, hitting free throws like that. There's a reason strategies like Hack-A-Shack used to exist. Is like, you got this big guy, foul him because he can't make his free throws. And it doesn't matter what you will. He'll, he'll make them. And last, I'm looking at field goal percentage. My cutoff for this was someone who had 50 field goal attempts because if you make three field goals and you have three shots and you get 100% field goal percentage, that's helpful, but that's not really changing the game when it comes to fantasy. However, uh, Sabonis went 43 of 57 at a 75.4% field goal percentage clip on Rashi's team. And... I'm just saying, Rashi's team looked really good this, this last week. Durant and Sabonis, our first two picks, really putting up as they should. And they're killing it. And Sabonis, man, he he's really good. The Kings, like, they're really they're really gelling, especially with uh with De'Aaron Fox back. Now, I'm mean, looking at our league's last week power rankings. So the way, again, this works is I rank everyone in every category across the board and assign points to that based off of how you did. It's hard in one particular week. You could play someone who's just slightly better than you in each category, but that doesn't mean your team did necessarily bad. You did bad in comparison to the person you were facing. So in this instance this week, what we're looking at, again, is how you compare to everyone in totality. So in third, we have Zach's team last week. In second, we have Scott's team. And in first, she had been near the bottom, but I think her team is poised to make a uh, start going up the standings. We have Rashi. Rashi's team was the best last week and by a considerable amount. So I think, you know, again, there's these ebbs and flows in the basketball season and in the fantasy season. You might face harder competition for a couple of weeks. You might have a player or two injured. You know, you might forget to put people in. There's all these ebbs and flows of a fantasy season. And again, we're about to hit the quarter mark, but we're not quite there yet. But now looking at my overall season standings, this takes into account all the categories, all the weeks combined. And then I uh, apply a, a value, usually your winning percentage and a couple of other things, to determine the strongest team. So right now, in my power rankings in the Kawhi and Friends podcast, I have the third best team as Kenny, Mr. Kenny Kunanen. In second, we have Jessie, still on the podium, and her team is in second place. But in first, both in terms of uh, Roto score and in terms of winning percentage, we got your boy Scott Garcia, and he's ready. He's coming for it. He says, I don't care that this is my first season in the league. I'm here to break hearts, and breaking hearts is what he is doing. And breaking hearts is what fantasy basketball is doing because, you know, on Friday I was up 6-3, and I really thought I had certain categories clinched, and then a player got hurt, and then... And then I thought games started at 1, but no, they started at 12. So I made a transaction at 12.05, which hurt my team. Anyways, I hope your fantasy season is going better than mine. And if it isn't, well, the good thing about fantasy sports, it will end eventually. That's a joke. Stay fantasy. Stay basketball. Stay Kawhi and friends. This week's podcast is sponsored by the letter F because fuck! Thank you.